Welcome to another Book on the Shelf podcast. I'm Jet. And I'm Jen. We're on episode 113. What? Uh, And we are falling back on what may have become one of both of our favorite authors, Mm -hmm. on who may have become one of our favorite authors, Um, James Baldwin. Yeah. Can't get enough. Can't stop, won't stop. Really, truly can't. Like, (laughs) I can't believe that this podcast is what got me to read my first James Baldwin like I have an entire English degree and I never read James Baldwin in university yeah what I know what was that education that was clearly useless (laughs) right (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I understand why we weren't reading him in high school absolutely I understand why I wasn't reading him in high school (laughs) I mean I went to a catholic school like I understand why I wasn't reading him in high school yeah we were Um, for the same reasons (laughs) yeah but like university an English degree like to be fair I didn't really take a lot of American lit classes but I don't know man I did some survey courses why was he not on any of the like broad this is an important writer in writing history Mm -hmm. well I know because like the only like straight English that I took would have been like first year because then everything after that was as we've discussed many times on this podcast like film and literature adaptation type stuff or similar uh but yeah even in that one it was like it was exactly like high school it was there was a shakespeare book there was you know what is it sir gowan and the green knight something something and like um flannery o'connor i mean like i'll take that one but like yeah just like all this stuff where i'm just now realizing Mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing by people of color or people who are not straight well, what's funny is that I did take, like, like a critical race course and, like, yeah. where was James Baldwin? Yeah. Even if it was one of his essays. Like, what's happening? Yeah, it's so weird. I don't understand. It just seems like a, such a glaring hole in my, like, literary upbringing. Anyway, everyone yes. should go read James Baldwin. Yes. Uh, it happens to be February, which is Black History Month, so this kind of lines up. Obviously, we yes. want to just lift and shout out voices and all of those things and just i can't this is telling you all right now this is going to be another one of those episodes Mm -hmm, where we just rant and ramble because we love him so much we do i mean if you listen if you've listened to our other baldwin episodes before (laughs) you already know this (laughs) and so yes we're talking about giovanni's room this one i feel like this is one of like the Baldwin books. Yes, I agree. Whereas, like, we jumped in with Another Country, which is never on that list no. of, like, when people first start talking about Baldwin. Which is hilarious to me because it's still my favorite. Oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> as always, hashtag whispers Jake Gyllenhaal. Shout out to Jake Gyllenhaal for that random thing with, like, Columbia University that I saw on YouTube that one time. Because I'm so glad that we started with Another Country. Oh, me like, too. it's just. I think it rewrote my brain. Right? Because, like, everyone, it's always, like, go tell it on the mountain, notes of a native son, you know, the fire next time, this, Beale Street, but, like, another country, that was, oh, Yeah. Ugh. Indeed. <laughs> okay, let's just... <laughs> <laughs> so, in case you're new here, yes. or you just have skipped to the Baldwin episodes because you didn't want to listen to us talk about those books until you read them yourself, valid. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll give you a little rundown about James Baldwin. Uh, who was an American writer who garnered acclaim for his work across several mediums, including essays, novels, plays, and poems. He was doing everything. Man, I wonder. I wonder what his plays and poems are. I want to find those. I also wonder that. Yeah. Because I I know about the essays and the novels. Yeah. Um, But, yes. His first novel uh, was Go Tell It on the Mountain, which was published in 1953. Um, And then... It was included later on the um, list of 100 best English language novels released from 1923 to 2005. I mean, you know. You know, no big, no big. (laughs) And then his first essay collection, Notes of a Native Son, was published in 1955. Oh, man. Right? It just... So his work fictionalizes fundamental personal questions and dilemmas amid complex social and psychological pressures. So there's themes of masculinity, sexuality, race, and class all intertwined. Uh, And he creates these intricate narratives that 
run parallel to some of like major political movements towards social change in the mid 20th century America. Cause I mean, that's like the time that he was writing and that was yeah. all very, yeah, you know, the civil 60s, rights movement, yeah. gay liberation movement. Um, <sighs> yeah. His protagonists are often, but not exclusively African-American and gay and bisexual men frequently uh, feature prominently in his literature. These characters often face internal and external obstacles in their search for social and self-acceptance. Uh, and it's particularly prominent in mm -hmm. uh, Giovanni's Room, which yes. was his second novel written in 1956. Yeah. Tell us a little about it. Yes. So it focuses on the events of an American living in Paris, uh, his feelings and frustrations with his relationships with other men in his life, uh, particularly an Italian bartender named Giovanni, the name. Uh, yep. who he meets at a gay bar in Paris. Uh, it's kind of been one of the books, which of course now I'm like, oh, I understand why this is like the book. Mm -hmm. um, because of the like wicked complex representations of like oh, homosexuality, right? bisexuality, just, and like such our little like wiki here is, you know, with empathy and artistry, uh, thereby fostering a broader public discourse of issues regarding same-sex desires. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like I just loved it and then like and like I like crushed end crushed yeah yeah <laughs> but like just I know I finished much. it and I was like this is depressing <laughs> damn well because even in like the last 10 pages like you didn't fully know exactly how it was going to end or like what was going to happen to certain people it's so, like I had been bracing myself for like even worse <laughs> I was also braced for I was just like yeah, everyone's gonna die or something uh, yeah no I, I, I definitely thought that's where we were headed but it was just oh yeah so it was like one in the morning and I'm just sitting there feeling this like love for the book and the writing but then like soul crushing and heartbroken mm -hmm. James Baldwin and the writing the writing it's like for some reason, like I know this because I've read another country, <laughs> another country, and we we read if Beale Street could talk. So like, I'm aware of his like his writing style and his incredible ability with words. But still, when I started reading it, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is so good. One well, because how it's... is he doing this? <laughs> well, because it's not even like fancy, fluffy, sparkly, like. There's nothing extra. No. He's not like using big words. He's not. It's just because it reads almost like a diary, right? Like as if, you know, yes. um, the main character's name is David, which you learn eventually. Like as if like it was, again, yeah, like either like David's diary or just, you know, like if a camera was just there watching David. Yes. Like there's nothing extra, but it's just everything all at the same time. Oh my God, it's everything everywhere all at once. Um or whatever the heck that movie was called. Yes, that is what it was called. <sighs> yeah. I did not realize until way late in the book and or after that David was white. Oh, yes. I somehow realized that near the beginning. I'm sure there was something because I think there was something at the end and I was like, I must have missed this. I mean, I feel like I was also just kind of envisioning him not really any color particular way yeah i mean like maybe black just because and it also because in my head it's always just like it is james baldwin which it's not well i was gonna say and like the other books that not that i mean there are white characters in another country mm -hmm. but yeah race doesn't factor into this in the same way as those two yeah yeah and i i it's also just astounding how like he was just writing all of the characters which, again, like, in the end, it didn't matter mm -hmm. what their race was or what their sexuality. Like, he just wrote every single person, man, woman, etc. So, wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, because he just, he, I don't even know what it is with his characters, man. Like, maybe it is just that he lets them be so complex and messy. Yeah, that must be it. Because, like, Giovanni, hot mess. Right? But also, the whole book, I was just, like, heartbroken for him. And just wanted him I know. to be able to be happy and get everything that he wanted in life. Yeah. 
and in a way we're like i couldn't always i think maybe that's it right because like obviously david is a narrator so you're we've been taught anyway like in books and whatever you're supposed to like kind of be on his side but then like mm-hmm. a lot of the times like i felt like i was more on giovanni's like you i couldn't tell yeah not that it was like a right and a wrong but like i couldn't tell what side i was supposed to be on mm-hmm. which is the point yes <laughs> Because you completely understand everything David's going through and where he's coming from. And, like, he's engaged to a woman, but he's in love with Giovanni. Mm -hmm. But then, like, Giovanni just, like, loves him. And then, and just, I... And David's just, like, deep, deep self-loathing. Oh, yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Well, because even, like, that's, that's kind of how the book starts. Like, when he's really young and he has that his like first oh that broke my heart yeah experience with his like best friend joey who then he just like ditches and never talks to again and you're just like oh yeah yeah god (laughs) how do you tell us about more characters Okay, so well, so obviously we have David, he's our main character. We get a little bit of his life um, beforehand, so we do get to meet Joey very briefly. And his dad, um, not Joey's dad, David's dad. Yes. Um, and his dad's sister. Yes. In that very tense relationship between them growing up, because his mother died when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Paris, there's um, Jacques and... Guillaume, yeah. Who are two like older, older men? One who owns a bar. They're both gay men as well. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, they, there's never any explicit sexuality applied to anybody, except that they are clearly interested in men. Yes. Whether they're bisexual men. or gay yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, in young men. Yeah, they just um, they, they both kind of had that vibe of just being like older rich men yeah. who like wanted to find someone who they could sort of take care of, but then also get something in return. Yes. Yes. Not in like a straight, you know, just like cash or (laughs) whatever, but in a slight, like more in that, like take care of kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit of an exchange going on though. Well, yeah. I mean, like they're not just like paying the money. Like they want to take care of them and like hang out with Mm -hmm. them and spend time. But then, you know, yeah also have sex with them yes yeah see like this is why i'm like i understand why i wasn't reading james baldwin in high school <laughs> <laughs> yes. well and even like in the book though like it's there's nothing explicit in the book no there is not i think there's actually more explicit stuff in another country absolutely and like obviously the problem is that i've been reading smutty stories <laughs> And I just kept being like, oh, no, wait. Oh, he's just being so lovely and, like, cut to the mm-hmm. next morning. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Very PG-13. Really, and I was yeah, like, oh, this is actually very, really good. <laughs> very PG-13. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. But, like, but always with a way of still showing the intimacy of the relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, he, ha- I mean, and he's really good at this generally. Like, he does this in his other books, too, where it's not, like, yes, there's the sex is there Mm -hmm. even when it's a little bit more explicit than it is here but that's almost rarely where the the really intense intimacy comes from yeah like i don't know he's just so good at writing that the way that the way that two people are when they're together and that sort of that sort of push pull that david has between desire and like being repulsed yeah which is very, it was very interesting to read. Well, and then also, and there's obviously another major character is Hella. His yes, Hella. Fiance. She's off in Spain, kind of, yeah, finding herself, touring Spain, trying to figure out what, if she does want to marry him, what she wants to do in life, kind of. Kind of what I'm going to be doing in April. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then like even her and like just that whole end oh yeah yeah well yeah because they're they're not engaged yet when giovanni when he's in the having the affair with giovanni right they're like he's asked her 
and she's deciding that. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it. Like, right? they've had a conversation, and maybe not even in a, like, you know, down on one knee ring kind of a thing, but, like, they've right, discussed no, it. just a, yeah. And she's thinking. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has this, like, summer fall to himself in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, like, the whole time it's called Giovanni's room, so, like, a big part of this is everyone, all the younger men, anyway, are kind of, no one really, like, has concrete jobs. No one has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of, like, living here, there, and everywhere. So he ends up staying with Giovanni. Giovanni's room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but, it is, by the sounds of it, just a room. Yeah. Like, it's in a room of a house, of a thing. Yeah. And maid's quarter or something. Or I guess maybe that was the other house. Either way. Um, but even, like, that kind of becomes a thing because... Mm-hmm. Giovanni's, like, actually, like, tearing the room apart because he wanted to, like, I guess in those, back then anyway, like, in Paris, you could just, like, remodel your room or your apartment or whatever. I guess. I mean, hey, cool. I was like, (laughs) damn. Right? And, like, so they're literally, like, taking a wall down, like, brick Mm -hmm. by brick, and, like, you like, that had something to, that was metaphorical in some way. Oh, Yeah. Well, and especially, too, because there's that whole thing about, um, who is he talking to when, when he says that they're a wall? Oh, um, Sue, the sex worker of some kind? Right. Um, right was now. she, though, or was he just, like... Or did he just know her? I couldn't I think really he tell. Just knew, I think he just knew her. Probably just because she was an expat in Paris, and I feel like yeah. a lot of the expats sort of knew each other. Um, I couldn't fully tell, because cause you'd kind of said, too, like, you know, feel free to, like, call me again sort of thing. So I, I just couldn't, like, tell yeah, exactly I don't know. where. I, I felt like it was just, like, they decided to yeah, have a time. Because, again, he's, like, trying to figure out what he wants in life. And... He's trying so hard. Yeah, but I feel to like it not was in, be attracted to men. Yeah, um, I feel like it was in that that in like her little chair. Uh, yes, that's correct. Say chapter or paragraph that is together. Right. I forgot. I forgot. Um, even though I read it today. Yes, <laughs> I somehow forgot about Sue. Well, because because there was that the, again, like that whole like idea of the walls up, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was at no less than like three mentions of like the sea slash being underwater. Right. And I was like, mm, even that there. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but then there's that moment, too, where they're dismantling the wall and they're both holding a brick. And there's, like, a moment where he thinks that, like, they're just one wrong move away from, like, beating each other with the bricks. Him yeah. and Giovanni. Yeah. Like, they're always teetering on this weird... There's it's, such it, a such a tension between them. <laughs> well, and it's this like, and it comes out of passion, where like you never know where it's gonna, like, mm-hmm. what direction is it gonna go. Which is why you know, like, crimes of passion, like it's a thing, right? Like it's, oh mm-hmm. man. Ay Um. All right, let's. I'm gonna pull some themes here. Let's try and okay, rein ourselves it. in. Let's do it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Instead of just being all over the place. Yeah. What? Um, oh, major themes: social alienation. Let's see here. I think that was definitely a big thing, just because. Um. You know, we've talked like there were the rich older men. The, the younger men who, like, mm-hmm. couldn't necessarily, like, fit in everywhere. Um, even, like, towards the end, like, when Giovanni loses his job, like, because of the way that it happens, basically everyone around that area knows that he, like, lost a job. So then, like, yeah. he can't get a job. So then, like, then that's more, like, alienation. And it's just... Well, and he's so isolated in that room, too, yeah. right? Like, and the room is, it's... 
so far enough outside, like on the outskirts of Paris yeah. that he says it's almost not even Paris. Mm-hmm. So like, there's even just that, that they're so far removed from the city. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then too, like they always, uh, like David's often called like the Americans. So even then just mm-hmm. like, you know, being American versus being um, French, like that was kind of like a weird social thing. So like yes. he was fully accepted, but at the same time, you're like, mm. there's always like a few like, offhand comments we're like oh the american well it's just like david is so it just like doesn't know where he belongs in the world yeah like even that the the american versus you know Mm -hmm. not american because there's that that moment too where giovanni will sometimes like you know when he's sort of making fun of him will be like oh you're so american basically yeah um but then also we'll say things like, oh, you're not American at all. Mm-hmm. And David doesn't like either one of those things. Like, he's just so, he's so adrift. Well, because even like his, so his fiance is also American. She was from Minnesota, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but then like they were in Europe and then David's dad's always trying to get him to come home. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why are you like wasting your life over there and just like doing whatever? And it's this weird of like, he knows, like, he should go home because he would probably be better off, like, maybe financially and just kind of, like, more settled. But then, like, what? Like, his dad doesn't know him. His dad doesn't get... But then, like, in Paris, like, he kind of also doesn't fit in there because he's, like, not French enough or, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it was just... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and he's, like, he's sort of friends with Jacques and Guillaume and, you know, that whole group. Mm-hmm. But sort of tries to distance him from distance himself from it as well and yeah he's just he's just like so uncomfortable in his own being well because even just like his relationship with Jacques like at the start yeah that's what it is like he knows him well enough David knows Jacques well enough that like he can go ask him for money but he Mm -hmm. knows that it means that he's gonna have to like hang out with him for a while or like you know, just kind of, like, be in that circle. And, of course, that's obviously, like, how he ends up meeting Giovanni. But then, like, Jacques is kind of... Jacques is the one who's actually interested in Giovanni, but then it it ends up kind of, like, spinning around. And then, like, yep. towards the end, like, David and Jacques stop being friends because... And, like, it's all because of that. But then, like, it's this weird... Like, he still goes to Jacques for money, like, later on when he and Giovanni are struggling. And just that whole relationship is, like, this weird sort of parental, but sort of... Mm-hmm like relationship relationship and like because he doesn't know how he fits in with any of them right because he's still in the end david doesn't know who he is and then he can't like yeah (laughs) yeah (sighs) because then even with hella even after he's decided Mm -hmm. to choose her and leave giovanni behind basically in the end that falls apart too yeah. Well, because it's, it's not even like a, you know, wanting his cake and eating it too, wanting the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. It's that he just doesn't know. He was so happy with Giovanni when Hella was away. And then she comes back and he's like, nope, I am going to be with her. I don't like men. Stopping talking to Giovanni. But then as soon as Giovanni ends up in severe legal trouble, um, yeah, it just like everything with Hella just absolutely disintegrates because he's crushed about Giovanni but then like it's this weird he loves them both mm-hmm. and like that's not something that at that point in time like was okay because like mm-hmm. even just being gay was still like against the law in most of these places that we've talked about and like never mind then people yeah, understanding think... bisexuality like in it a... In the U.S. it still was illegal? They definitely, they mentioned it in the book. Um, Yeah. It it for sure, because he says something about, like, they talk about their... But in Paris it's not, it's just kind of not talked about. Yeah, because they, yeah, because he said that he's like, no, like, it's still, like, illegal at home kind of a thing. Like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he just can't. He's never been told or seen an example that like the option of loving these two people is an option Mm -hmm. and then he just ends up all 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, even that. So, okay. So, major spoiler. Yeah. Although, not, maybe, maybe it's not that big of a spoiler. Because, actually, you find out right off the top of the book, pretty much, that Giovanni's on death row. Yes. Um, you don't find out why until the end. Yeah, super tangent. That was one really good thing about the books. There's there's little bits where it does kind of jump back and forth. Mm-hmm. And in a way where it doesn't actually like immediately tell you like, I'm jumping somewhere else or like, it's a different thing. So you're always kind of like, it still has that sort of like mystery to it. Yes. Because you're trying to figure out like, how do we get there? We know where we're going. Yeah. But how do we get there? Yeah. So what happens is, Guillaume is the one that fires Giovanni from yes. the bar that he was working at um very publicly and loudly and also with the implication that he was stealing yeah which was not the case Mm -hmm. so then after everything goes down with david and david has left him for hella and things are terrible (laughs) giovanni goes back to like seemingly mend things with guillaume Mm mm-hmm and get his job back, except that he ends up killing Guillaume. Yeah. He murders that man. Yes. <laughs> um, which, like, there's, like, a situation there, it seemed. You know. Well, because even, like, when he gets fired, he had gone up to talk to Guillaume about something, and it always seemed very much mm-hmm. like... Guillaume was very open about what he wanted and what he would give you if you gave him what he wanted. Yes. And at no point did Giovanni ever want that with him. No. So, like, that's kind of why he got fired in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then he could have got his job back if he was willing to do whatever Guillaume wanted. Which he, I think, initially intends to do. Yes. I think he has that moment of, like, okay, just going to, like, do this, get it over with. Yeah. Fly back and think of England, as it were. Yeah. But yes, then he can't do it. No. And in that moment, yeah. ends up, does he strangle him, I think? Yeah. Because yeah. remember, Guillaume always has, when he's up in his apartment, he always has that like robe on. They kept oh, describing yes, it some right. kind of like weird little like silk robey something um, that he kind of was like dancing around in. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like the, the belt of that, I think. Yep. Yeah. So yes. So then he's put on trial. He's sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. So in the end. So anyway, at the very end of the book, mm-hmm. he has a letter from Jacques. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yes. Yeah. Cause Jacques was telling like it was cause he, uh, cause David and Hella had moved outside of Paris. Yes. Um, so Jacques had been kind of keeping him up, up to, to date. date. Yeah. And did he rip it up without reading it? I meant to go back and like, I wasn't sure. Cause yeah, cause like in my now that you're not, now that you're saying that, I'm like I don't know. Cause at first I thought it was that he had read it and that's why he knew like when the execution was happening. But then the whole ripping up of it kind of would mean more like that's something you would do if you didn't read it. Yeah, I kind of felt like he didn't know for sure, and he decided he didn't want to know, and so he ripped it up yeah. to throw it away. Yeah, just because then he doesn't have that like knowledge of like oh my giovanni like died on this day etc etc yeah yeah Yeah. so he rips it up tosses it into the wind yeah but then a couple pieces come back to him and i was like oh damn i know i know yeah like it's such a really quite simple image Mm -hmm. but like Man. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I don't know. I'm trying to see if he did read it or not. But yeah, it was definitely just that. And like, that was like literally like the last sentence. Mm hmm. Man. The wind blows some of them back on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Well, even just. I, I read the first page of this book like 17 times in this past year because I've been like meaning to read it a thousand times um and even just like the first sentence which shout out I did have in my blog of first lines 
uh, I stand at the window of this great house in the south of France as night falls, the night which is leading me to the most terrible morning of my life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well then. Never mind the entire first paragraph. Like, just... Right? Like, so, like, having those as the bookends of, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Truly. But that's what I mean about, like, when I opened the book and started reading, I was like, yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> James Baldwin or like there's another line in it where he's talking but there's a lot of talk about home and what home yeah is or isn't or whether it exists and where is it here he's it's when he's thinking about what is the context here <laughs> oh I think it's right after he's read the letter from his father mm-hmm And he made me think of home. Perhaps home is not a place, but simply an irrevocable condition. <laughs> See? <laughs> no, now that you, I 100% remember exactly reading that line. Oh, my God. Well, it just, it really ties into all of those things of, like, for some people, like, it's a physical house. For some people, it's a country. For some people, it's a mm-hmm. person. So even just for David, trying to figure out himself like dealing with homosexuality or bisexuality or you know manhood and masculinity like all of those then tie into that like mm-hmm. home of the more general like that be an uppercase or a lowercase h i don't know but like <laughs> this idea versus like a dwelling yeah i'm just trying to well, figure and it's out even what like when is. he's when he's talking to giovanni about going back to the states eventually mm-hmm. and Giovanni says something to the effect that like it's only home as long as he doesn't go back because as soon as he goes back it'll be different it's not going to be home anymore but as long as he stays away he can always say like oh I'll probably go home one of these days yes and I was like oh my god yes well because that's so that's such a a thing you know like obviously like I live in Toronto this is home but I still refer to like where my parents are as mm. home right but like it's it's not my home anymore but it's still home well, like mm-hmm. yeah it's weird right it's a, it's a like, thing that damn. exists but it can only exist while it doesn't exist yeah <laughs> oh well and then and even just like ugh, okay spoiler slash get ready to get the Kleenex um Giovanni like because at one point they're talking and he's like do you want to go like David asked Giovanni like do you want to go home Mm -hmm. and then we learn the real reason how Giovanni ended up in Paris yeah and how he was with like his girlfriend from like growing up and were they actually married I don't know I wasn't sure if they were he just kept saying like my girl yes um I don't think they were specified but they had a baby that was stillborn and he just Mm -hmm. like was out can't do this like Mm -hmm. because of course and like it was they were in italy and so like he there's something he like you know like grabbed the cross off the wall and like threw it down was like Mm -hmm. no like i forget all of this stuff and just like left and you're just like oh my god yeah and just because like so like he couldn't he couldn't go home but then he also kind of didn't have a home in paris like at the end there like he was on the like literally on the run and like hiding on like barges and yeah things and just ugh. Yeah. Man. I cannot. Oh, James Baldwin. Right? <laughs> Every time I'm just like, okay, I need another one. But I'm like, can I handle another book? I don't Right? <laughs> oh, man. He just like... I don't know. He gets at something so... Yeah. I don't know. Something about just like the human condition, not to sound like a generic, you know. But th- that's exactly it. And I think it's that way of like, so obviously they're talking about like, you know, like the bar that they go to a lot. And like, it is, you know, what we would now call like a gay bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, all, like all of the different people that come in there and just David trying to like, like literally wrestle with this idea of bisexuality and how, he, everything he saw with like bisexuality or homosexuality, he just saw it like literally as dirty. Mm-hmm. 
And then even like, you know, like Jacques calls him out on it all the time being like, you like Giovanni. Like it's, it's okay. Like you can, but just this like idea of like how you can't. And then, but that's, that's just such a, it's just about him trying to figure out who he is. And like, that is the human condition. Like, Mm -hmm. and because again, you can, as long as everyone is consenting and no one is getting hurt, love who you love, who you love, who you love. (sighs) Yep. Yeah, and, like, just all of the societal pressures from the outside of, like, everything. Like, whether it's, you know, society's expectations for what he should be doing or, like, the idea that homosexuality is dirty or just, like, even his father wanting him to get married and, like, come home and he says something about, like, how he's pushing 30 and needs to, like, settle down, basically. And I was like, ooh. Well, because he just, like... the 50s. That was ancient. Yes. Yes. Um... All, like, all of the male characters, like, you're kind of, you know, Guillaume and Jacques, Giovanni, everyone in the bar, like, you, like, they're queer of some mm-hmm. color, like, somewhere in the spectrum of things. And, like, and they all know that. Like, it's not that anyone's unsure, but, like, they also never talk about it. So, like, when mm-hmm. Guillaume's murdered, like, it's not about that. It's about, oh, his wonderful family and, like, because he's from some rich family and all these things. And it's never even though like they all know it's still all not talked about and like it's like a secret that the only they know but then like it's a weird thing of how like everybody knows but nobody knows because you can't talk about it and yeah. sort of in that like closet or whatever and even like later like hella sort of brings it up she's like i know like you love him yeah but it's just like especially then like you just don't talk about it so it's kind of if everyone just agrees to like not talk about it then it's okay but like it's just but then obviously, as you can tell, it just wears away at people because no one's allowed to be themselves. <sighs> Man. Yep. Man. I just can't even. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> it was just so good. Just so good. It really was. Sorry, Even just... if it was, like, really sad to read. Oh. Well, because, like, there's definitely a point at the end where, like, again, where you're not exactly sure what's fully happening with Giovanni. And I'm like, he's going to die somehow. Right. And then, like, I for sure thought David was about to kill himself. Oh, so At did one I. point. I was just like, oh, this is happening. This is. Yeah, same. That's this is what's happening. what I thought was happening. <sighs> um, yeah. Why you make me was, so sad with such beautiful that it was words? Somehow even worse with that like Ugh. letter blowing back at him. Like, oh my god! Well, and just like it was all those little, those little things. So like the letter, the brick wall. There's a whole mm-hmm. thing with the windows being open in Giovanni's room. Yes. Oh my god! And again, it seems so simple because it's they have he always has the windows closed because he doesn't want anyone to like see or hear him, and he's kind of like, you know fuzzed out the windows so, like they're not clear anymore but then at the end like when they're having that big fight they like open the window because it's kind of like they want to in such a like literal way of like being seen I'm just like yeah i know this is so easy but so brilliantly beautiful oh my god yes it's extremely well done like just <laughs> yeah and even just the way that it was such a really short period of time yeah but the impact that that is clearly going to have on the rest of David's life. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, I, I just, just, I loved that too. Like, just because it's short doesn't mean it doesn't mean something. Well, that, like, cause like there's that one movie that I watch all the time, you know, it's about like, you might have something that's five seconds with someone, but that doesn't mean that it's not important or going to have some giant Mm -hmm. impact or like and again you know i grew up in footloose so it was always like oh i've known this person for three days we're getting married okay um (laughs) but just the like again it doesn't have to be this okay you know we're together for like two years and then we get engaged like if it's that person like if it is the part like you just know at least i'm assuming that's how it works um (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes it could be fast, right? So like it just, yeah. 
he was in this place and he found Giovanni and like that was the other part of him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and there was, I found this one quote when Giovanni was like talking about the book. Um, uh, And he said, it's not so much about homosexuality. It is what happens if you are so afraid that you finally cannot love anybody. Oh, wow. Just, just right in the... Shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's um, that's it right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Right, like, cause he's he's sort of like David's kind of he can't he can't decide between Hella and Giovanni, so he ends up hating them both and loving them both Mm -hmm. so he can't tell which feelings are real except that they all are yeah because well it's even like when hella accuses him of lying to her yeah and he says it wasn't lying to you like no and she doesn't get it at first but i was immediately like oh i know where this is going yeah (laughs) he was lying to himself yeah Um, oh yeah because even you know like perhaps i didn't know it then i only knew that i had to get out of giovanni's room right like because he didn't get it yet yeah yeah whatever i've done to hurt you i didn't mean to do it yeah because he like he didn't know Oh, I don't know if we have the same copy, but on the back of mine, um, I don't know how, is it Michael Andante? How do you speak that guy's name? Andante? Andante? He's Canadian, right? Yeah. Um, If Van Gogh was our 19th century artist saint, Baldwin is our 20th century one. Yes. Right? (laughs) Honestly, though. Honestly, though. Truly and sincerely. Well, and it's just everything that he writes about in all the books that we talked about, like, at the time, like, at the time, I can't even believe that he was doing this. Like, I mean, because again, where we are in the world right now is not a great place. Um, we always think it's better than like 50, 60 years ago, but like, it's not. Yeah, I mean, like, in some ways it yeah. is, in the sense that, like, you could write something like this today and nobody's going to bat an eyelash at it. Yes. And that's why I think, like, all of his writing, like, now is still so relevant and important. Oh, yeah. But, like, to think, like, this was just, he was just writing all this back then, and, like, it's just mind-blowing to me about, every, like, again, the quality, the information, the everything. I just can't. Maybe maybe we can't do Baldwin books anymore on this podcast because <laughs> we're too incoherent. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like it's funny because it's it's quite short, really. Mm-hmm. But there's so much in it. Like, well, just, the book is short. The amount of time, like the time span, is short. Yeah. But like, these are some of the most complex relationships in a book yeah ever mm-hmm. and it's just done so like simply not like bad simple but just like simply yeah uh obviously we read a few quotes here and there do you have any like other favorite passages or quotes or things or i think i mean i'm sure i do but mm-hmm. i think i mentioned all the ones that like really stood out <laughs> Oh, that one about that one about home was just it. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. oh, one Did you have it. any others? Well, I know I have a few other marks here. I'm just trying to like figure out if I can remember what the context was here. Oh, I think it was just about when they were at the bar and like a whole bunch of the like the kind of like regulars were coming in, the habitués. Um, hmm. 
movie stars is that then all the others closed in on this newcomer and they looked like a peacock garden and sounded like a barnyard it's like, oh, yeah that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one let's, let's, let's be the other page oh yeah and then when we were talking about the bricks i was vividly aware that he held a brick in his hand i held a brick in mine it seemed for an instant that if i did not go to him we would use these bricks to beat each other to death. Yet I could not move at once. We stared at each other across the narrow space that was full of danger that almost seemed to roar like flame. Come, he said. I dropped my brick and went to him. In a moment, I heard his fall. And at moments like this, I felt we were merely enduring and committing the longer and lesser and the more perpetual murder. God. I... <sighs> yeah. It's just so good, I can't. <laughs> so, Man. would you recommend this book? Yes. <laughs> yes. If anyone likes books about relationships, yes. If anyone's a writer and just wants to have their minds blown, truly. Yes just and yeah as we said like it's fairly thin like it's a quick we both read it in like a day mm-hmm. oh and it, like i can't get over the complexity of just how 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 right <laughs> oh man any other parting thoughts inspiration feelings i just want to read everything he's ever written yeah (laughs) which i realize we say every single time um but like damn it's just oh every time every time i read one of his books i'm just like holy shit how did you do that yeah like it's so good Mm -hmm. and and like obviously things happen Mm -hmm. but like like another country what's happening is really the relationships between people. Like it's all very, yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's so good. He's so good. Well, yeah. Cause you're kind of like, it's obviously like, it's about the murder, but at the same time, yes. like that has nothing to do with anything. Like it's, yeah. yeah, it's about how we, how we get there, but very much more the you know, journey versus the mm-hmm. yeah Ugh. and then also just like them being in Paris and I was like thinking about when we were reading A Waiter in Paris and you just kind of had the all yeah. these like little views of every time because they would always um, like close down Guillaume's bar and then like go to like sort of like an after hours slash mm-hmm. <laughs> early morning because it would be like five six seven in the morning and just like them like walking along the river and here and doing these things and it just you felt like you could really just see Paris, but then like all this, the characters and the relationships. And I just, <sighs> yeah. Yep. I now understand why this was, you know, the one thing I was looking at was I think BBC news had it as like on the list of like a hundred most influential novels and like why this is the book that everyone talks about when they talk about James Yeah, I, get it. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he's really good at bringing places to life. Like he does that with New York as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, oh, man. So yeah, everyone read it. It's really yes. good. Absolutely. It's really sad, but it's really good. Well, and like yeah, like in that way where like I I felt okay with this. I mean. I'm emo. We all know. <laughs> but like, I, like you've, like you, like I wasn't like surprised, shot like the end all wasn't all. Right. Like, oh my god, this thing happened, yes. and now I'm like devastated. <laughs> You're devastated from page one. Uh, <laughs> True. Like it just, like that just runs throughout all of it. it. It's more like that's where we start, and there's just like sprinklings of like maybe it'll get happier. <laughs> 
But then we... Except he's go. very clear. Everyone's very clearly doomed from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that almost makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Which, again, doesn't sound very happy or good times. But, like, that ma- yeah, like that's what makes it. Is that you know that they're doomed. They know that they're doomed. But, like, maybe... <laughs> All right. Before we just ramble on as the song goes. Yeah. We love this. Everyone should read it. Um, Another Country was episode 55. If you want to check that out. Uh, Beale Street Could Talk. We talk about the book and the film was episode 61. Uh, We'll link those in the show notes. Uh, Our next episode is kind of a throwback episode. Uh last year the year before last year i don't know how time works i also don't know how time works, <laughs> so i can't help you i'm sorry uh we read the unraveling of Cassidy holmes by Alyssa r sloan uh and the author who i've befriended on instagram has been kind enough to send us uh, an advanced copy of her new book Yay. um something something Haley aldridge oh my god why do i always forget the um Haley aldridge is still here i yes, believe yes um so we are going to have that episode out for you right on release day uh, or the day after, whatever the Wednesday is. Um, <laughs> so we're very excited about that. A little bookstagram made me do it slash new author, new book, um, newer author. Uh, and we'll have that for you in two weeks. As always, we have the website, anotherbookontheshelf.com. Uh, we got our blog up there. Jen's going to have some books that she's looking forward to i Yay. can't remember what else we got on there i'm gonna have some toronto cafes coming up if you need a place to work and write and if you are in the torontos uh but otherwise we'll be back in two weeks and we'll see you then bye